Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Our health problems in Kentucky are enormous. It drains our tax dollars, it shortens life expectancy, and much of it is self-inflicted. Our obesity, heart disease, and cancer rates are among the highest in the nation. And now there's skyrocketing use of e-cigarettes among teenagers. The Foundation for a Healthy Kentucky has made a statewide tobacco-free schools bill its highest priority for this legislative session and they're rounding up support. Ben Chandler is a former congressman, former Kentucky Attorney General and State Auditor who now heads up the Foundation for a Healthy Kentucky and he joins us today. We'll talk about that and some other health topics. Thanks for coming. We appreciate well, always it. Always good to be with you, Bill. You know, we have plenty of fodder to talk about uh, health challenges in Kentucky and let's start with this increased use of e-cigarettes uh, or juuling uh, that is going on and you say it is uh, disproportionately going on among uh, school students. Yeah, well, the first thing I talk about whenever I talk about uh, uh, cigarettes or tobacco use is that we lead the country in cancer. And, and people need to understand that. Kentucky is the cancer capital of this country. And we need to do something about that. That's intolerable. Well, this comes as a great concern, this whole juuling or uh, vaping or e-cigarette use. And the thing that's of great concern is the spike that we've seen amongst young people. Uh, the e-cigarette usage has gone up by 78% amongst high school students alone in the last year, and 48% amongst middle schoolers. And uh, it, it's just uh, what we're worried about is that that's going to addict a whole other generation of Kentuckians. And, and these products are absolutely chock full of nicotine. And nicotine is a, is a substance that is as addictive, if not more so, than opioids. And yet the makers of these products will say that uh, they help wean people off of cigarettes, which they say well, are worse. Well, that is their argument, and that argument may apply to people who are older and have been smoking for a, a long time. It does not apply to young people who are just starting, or people we hope won't start, but who use this as their entryway into using tobacco products and it addicts them. Again, it addicts them and these companies are using flavored products like bubble gum and cotton candy and trying to say that they're not targeting young people. Well, they, say well, they, they are. They say they don't market to kids. That's what they say. They and don't market to kids. Yet, we have here, for instance, this is a jewel. This is the new product that has taken about 80% of the market. And this thing is sleek, it, it, it fits in the palm of your hand so it's easy to, to hide, and it looks just like a USB drive, a, a flash drive. So that, in my mind, is very much aimed at kids. And you have also noted that uh, there are stickers that are, are made available and the flavors that are That's used. right. Stickers and flavors. The whole thing is uh, aimed, we believe, toward kids. Mr. Chandler, we're one of a handful of states that does not have a statewide uh, smoking ban at all, uh, you know, as far as in businesses, restaurants, and so forth. And we don't even have one in schools uh, right now. So this is what the push is for. Well, the push in this session is for tobacco-free campuses, tobacco-free schools, the K through 12 campuses. Uh, we believe we actually have a very, very good shot in this legislative session. Uh, we have the, the two heads of the 
pertinent committees, the health and welfare committees in both the Senate and the House, sponsoring these these pieces of legislation. That's Senator Ralph Alvarado and Representative Kim Moser. We are very pleased that they are so uh, adamant and such champions for this. And we think, uh, we really think we got a fighting chance. But it'll make a big difference because what we're trying to do is change the norms. That, that's, that's the way to, to cut down on smoking. And, and the reason for all this, of course, we know smoking's bad for us, but 34% of all cancers are attributable to smoking. What that means is we can prevent an entire third of our cancers in this state if we just do something about our smoking rate, which is right at the highest in the nation. It's 65% uh, above the national average. Do you believe that this legislation uh, will pass? So we, I mean, there, I do. Uh, the industry uh, will have its own lobbyists. They will push well, hard, right? Hope springs eternal. But uh, yes, I, I, I feel very, very hopeful this time about this piece of legislation. You're right. The industry has has their lobbyists. They spent five times more than just about anybody else in the last session. The tobacco industry alone. Uh, so uh, we've got our work cut out for us, but we are tremendously helpful. Your hope is to get it passed in this session. Yes. It's underway right now. Yes. Well, let's uh, move on to some uh, other topics. The opioid crisis is profound in Kentucky. It is ruining lives and families and our state's ability to make progress in other areas because it costs so much to try to deal with. We recently learned the state has slipped again, uh, fourth in the country in overdose deaths. Uh, are we seeing any signs of progress in well, the war? We're not seeing a whole lot of progress, although I will tell you in the last session, we passed the uh, biggest tax increase on uh, cigarettes in the history of Kentucky. So that's a step in the right direction. And we also just finished completing a poll which suggested that uh, about 35% of smokers actually have cut back. I think it may, may have actually been closer to 40% actually have cut back on their smoking as a result of, of, that, uh, of that tax. Now, that's not nearly as much progress as we'd like to see. If we had had a bigger tax, you would have seen a tremendous number of people actually quit as a result of having that. But uh, uh, we've just got a long way to go in a lot of different issues. We've got the smoking issue. We've got obesity. We've got diabetes, which is connected to obesity. We've got uh, the opioid problem, as you mentioned. Uh, we've got a very high rate of heart disease. Uh, all of these things end up costing us not only money, but it costs us in economic development because businesses don't want to locate in a place where they don't have a healthy workforce. Why? Because it costs them on the front end in lower productivity and on the back end in high uh, high health care costs. And yet we recently saw Kentucky's overall health ranking has slipped again. Right. Uh, you know, we know that uh, our, our diets are bad, the exercise habits are poor uh, in the state. Uh, we seem to know the issues. Uh, how is it so hard to improve things? Well, I, I think advertising has something to do with it. What you see on television, for instance, is a whole lot of advertising for things that are uh, not high in nutrition. Uh, they're uh, generally bad for you. They're high in calories, but, uh, but they taste real good. And it's hard to, 
hard to withstand that temptation. The uh, same thing is true with smoking. That's even worse because that actually has, has the nicotine in it, which makes it uh, really hard to quit. Uh, that, that becomes a physical problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we're up against a lot, uh, particularly uh, when you've got so much money spent telling you that you ought to buy and consume things that are bad for you and very little spent on the other side in public health combating the same. What encouraging signs do you see out there in terms of the future for health of Kentucky? Well, I think we're talking about it a whole lot more. Uh, one of the things that the foundation is doing is, is talking about the costs to, to all of us. Uh, we're talking about the benefits that can be had by moving around more, by eating better, by smoking less. Uh, the, the amount that we spend in healthcare is just through the roof. And if, if we can prevent some of these things, uh, you know the old saying that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, it is. It's so much better if we can prevent these things. We need to talk about it more. We need to just get people to understand that uh, we're seeing our life expectancy, uh, not only in Kentucky, but in the country as a whole, actually decline now. And that is of tremendous concern. You served Kentucky as a state auditor, as attorney general. You ran for governor, and you served in uh, in Congress. Yes, as well. I've done my time, Bill. <laughs> You've done that. Done well, my but time. before I move on to that, and you know what's coming, but the question: uh, just how is this mission for you uh, uh, fulfilling? You, you find this is maybe the best mission that I've ever had because I think if, if I'm lucky, if if uh, we work real hard at it, and we get get people to, to help us, we actually may be able to change lives. We may be able to improve the health and welfare of the people of the state. And if I can be a part of doing that, I can't think of a higher calling, to tell you the truth. It's just, uh, I'm so pleased to get this opportunity. I really, really am. Now to where I think you thought I was going. Uh, you <laughs> did not run for governor. The filing deadline is mm -hmm. next Tuesday. Uh, it had been mentioned as a possibility. Uh, you said you would give it some thought. Uh, apparently you did consider it. Well, I, you have to always consider it, I think, if, if, if you are viable for such a thing. But uh, as I jokingly told uh, some of my friends who talked to me about it, I'd just soon have a sharp stick in the eye. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's not a whole lot that's fun about it. And when I compare it to what I'm doing now, uh, it just doesn't compare very well because I, I get to continue to be in public service in this role that I've got now. And I don't have to put myself in front of the voters and worry about whether people are going to vote for me. And I especially don't have to put up with the ugliness that's in politics Are now. people being turned off by that? Well, I mean, in terms of... I mean, that, to, to that, not even is run. that a rhetorical question? Well, I mean, yeah, of course they're being turned off. But it's tremendous candidates. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, people are sick to death of it. Potential candidates are sick to death of it. The general public's sick to death of it. It's uh, allowing these negative ads on television all the time, it, it, allowing all the money into the process, which, which fuels these negative ads. Uh, what social media has done, allowing people to comment anonymously. 
uh, all of that, I think, contributes to a, a, a very toxic environment. And we're, of course, we're seeing it all over the country. It's, it's on the national level as well as the state level. The federal government uh, shutdown stretches into record territory. As a former member of Congress, uh, do you see a way forward in this? I mean, the way forward is to do the right thing. It, it's pretty simple to me. And, and the way forward is to just run the government. Why can't you just run the government? And if you've got an issue like border security, you go talk about that issue separately from the government. It's got nothing to do with whether the government continues to operate or is funded. It's completely separate. Like any other bill that they would uh, take up in the Congress, it ought to be separate. Right now, what's happening is they're holding the government hostage. And this isn't the first time it's happened. It's been a trend over the last decade or so. From time to time, people who have the power to do it will decide that they want to hold the government hostage for their pet issue, whatever that issue may be. And it's just wrong on its face, in my judgment. 800,000 people uh, uh, without a paycheck now well, since before Christmas. Well, and they're all innocent. You know, they, it's not their fault that, uh, that we've got this problem. So why do they have to pay the penalty? It, it's just wrong. We appreciate you coming by. Thank you very much. Good to be with you, Bill. Ben Chandler, who now runs the Foundation for a Healthy Kentucky. And we'll be back on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. So good to have you here on WKYT this weekend. The race for Kentucky governor is getting crowded in both major political parties as we push toward that filing deadline of Tuesday. And we're talking with the candidates as they announce and file for the state's highest office. Today we're joined by Republican candidate William Woods. He's a school bus driver and a real estate agent from Boone County who has worked in other capacities as well. His website says he would root out corruption and push for a lean state government, and he says tax breaks in Kentucky are too heavily tilted toward corporations. Mr. Woods' running mate is Justin Miller of Florence, GOP candidate for governor William Woods, joining us today. Mr. Woods, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about your background and what, uh, what led you to this decision to run for governor of the Commonwealth. Uh, well, my background has mostly been in security management uh, for a private cargo airline uh, and other agencies. Uh, I'm also a real estate agent, uh, school bus driver, uh, haven't been there that long. Uh, the decision to run was actually made a year ago last week. Uh, I was sitting with a friend of mine who was a former middle school teacher, basketball coach for Robertson County, and we were paying attention to uh, activity in the legislature, activity with the governor, and at that point in time, it, it just seemed to kind of explode. Everybody was worried what's going to happen to public education in Kentucky. And you get all these ideas, well, who's going to run? Who can fix it? What's the governor going to do? Is he going to have a change of heart? And we just kind of looked at each other and said, we have good ideas. We could fix it. You know, why do we have to have a million dollars in the bank to run for governor? You don't. So if we really want a government that's representative of the people, why not have a government that's ran by the people? We're not afraid to call out people in the legislature who do corrupt things or uh, promote using taxpayer dollars for private business. Uh, so after about two or three days of discussing it, we figured, let's get in, let's see what we can do. When you look at Frankfurt right now, uh, is it uh, it's troubling to you and frustrating to you? 
Frankfurt has taken on a role uh, somewhat similar to the federal government. You look at both sides, negativity on both. Nobody can agree with the governor. The governor can't agree with anybody. Sometimes he doesn't agree with himself. Uh, he's very contradictory to what he promised uh, in his campaign. Uh, broken a lot of campaign promises. So it's hard for citizens to trust the government right now. And they need somebody uh, in the governor's office who's not afraid to call out people on both sides. Uh, I'm a Republican, fiscal conservative, but I'm not happy with our party right now. You have uh, made note on your website that you said you would you would be the spokesman for your campaign. Yes. Uh, if you were to be elected governor, uh, you know, and be in charge of all of the departments of state government, could you continue that uh, that practice? I don't see why not. Uh, this governor uh, has taken it upon himself to speak to the media uh, in a negative way. Uh, he demeans the press, uh, not unlike some other elected officials. I don't believe that's productive. I believe that if you ask me a question, I'll answer it if I know the answer. If I don't, I will find out and I will get back to you. There's no reason that somebody else should be answering a question that's given to the governor of the state. If you can't answer it, you don't know what's going on. So we'll find the answer and we'll get back to you. You have said, and you, you make this one of the main planks on the, the uh, simple website that you've put up yes. at this point, uh, where you have said that tax breaks are, are too often going to uh, corporations rather than citizens, as you put Correct. it. Uh, some minor tax reforms, as you know, were enacted by the legislature uh, back last year. Uh, do you think you could convince the legislature to do what uh, several governors uh, have pushed for for many years, and that is some sort of comprehensive tax reform? Is that what you favor? Well, the the most interesting part of that question is how could I convince the legislature? Yeah. The problem that we have is we've had governors who feel that they have legislative power. The governor of this commonwealth has no legislative power. The failure on the part of our governors has been that they have not pushed the legislature hard enough. And when I say push, I mean call out the individuals who have made grave errors in legislation. Corporations rather than citizens, you say the tax breaks are going to. What? Why would we give a billion dollar corporation or a multi-million dollar corporation a significant tax break to bring jobs into our commonwealth if they're paying employees nine dollars an hour? and then walking away with a profit. You know, pay a fair tax. The citizens are required to pay a tax. If you don't want to pay that tax, at least put it into a retirement fund for them. Why are we catering to multimillionaires? I don't, I don't begrudge them for having money. There has to be a system of, of different classes in the United States, but we don't need to have people in poverty while their company owner is sitting in a $40 million home. What would you say to someone who says, well, other states will do that if Kentucky doesn't, and we have to do that to be competitive? I'm not worried about other states. Uh, the fact that we have homeless children in every single county in this commonwealth, and we have people making quarterly profits of three and four billion dollars, I'm not concerned about what California does or what Indiana does. I'm concerned at the fact that we have homeless children who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Would you agree that you're, you're taking somewhat of a, a populist approach to the campaign? No, I would agree that I'm taking a common sense approach. I would agree that I don't care about the term Democrat, I don't care about the term Republican. Call me whatever you want, just call me somebody who's actually going to do the job 
and not just stand around and whine. Did you consider uh, running as an independent? Um, I did not. Uh, I'm fiscally conservative. I've been a Republican uh, my entire life. I don't see a need to change the label uh, to be effective. Do you expect and do you believe that the Kentucky Republican Party uh, will be impartial and neutral in this primary campaign? I don't. Uh, the Republican uh, Party of Kentucky right now is somewhat divided. They are establishment. They are not focused on modernizing the party. They would rather stick to party line than compromise with the Democrats. We have county Republican leaders who are advocating for violence. That's not what Kentucky's about. How do you uh, think Kentucky gets a handle on this pension crisis, a shortfall of an estimated $40 billion that is owed over time that the state doesn't have on hand? Uh, is there an approach to the pension situation that you think is being missed or overlooked, or do you believe it is the crisis that many make it out to be? There is a crisis. It's not as bad as they say. It doesn't help that the governor goes on live television and lies about it to the citizenry. Uh, a lot of the statements that he leaves out is the money that was taken out of the pension fund, the money that they did not put in for several years. And so he, he gives a, a bottom line of what's there and doesn't mention what should be there when talking about the crisis. I think it's uh, completely political on his part. Uh, and that will not be the case with us. The opioid situation uh, is a, a big problem statewide. We know northern Kentucky, your home area, has been hit uh, really hard. Correct. Uh, what do you propose to get a handle on a problem that uh, we now know studies are showing is killing more people than car crashes? Right. I believe that we need to get the politicians out of the, the fix. We need to listen to the doctors, the experts. Uh, you know, much has been made about studies. There are a thousand studies out there that can confirm uh, that medical marijuana could have uh, an impact on the crisis. Um, I do believe that the legislature uh, should legalize medical marijuana and then take a look at recreational use. Um, I would not side either way uh, in that vote. I think the citizens need to make that uh, decision. Recreational because you think it's the right uh, policy to have or you believe it would bring revenue to the state? It would bring revenue. Uh, I think it would end a policy of uh, incarceration uh, that is too widespread in this state. Uh, we need to follow the lead of, of some of the other states uh, in this area. The school choice question, do you uh, uh, favor allowing money to follow uh, students from uh, a public school to a charter school, for instance, or to a private school if uh, that's their choice? I do not. Uh, private school they uh, have no need for taxpayer dollars. Uh, we need to focus uh, our entire uh, priority, our entire uh, energy set on maintaining the health of public education. Um, you know, I initially uh, started out, I went to college for a year, I was going to teach high school English. Uh, I decided I didn't want to. I was uh, more enamored with the community, the people involved in education. No business that I've worked in have I found individuals who are more dedicated. So when you ask if we want to shift money to private schools, businesses, no. We're with William Woods. He is a Republican candidate for governor, and uh, we're coming back. We'll uh, have another couple of questions with him before we go. Uh, how does he think he gets from here to there? We're back in a moment.
Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers here on WKYT and William Woods, candidate for governor of Kentucky on the Republican side, Republican primary this year. He is uh, joining us this morning. We'll continue our discussion here uh, for just a moment. Uh, Mr. Woods, how do you get from here to the GOP nomination when other candidates uh, may be far better known uh, who have held statewide office or have sought it and many of them make it clear that uh, you know, they are willing to raise or spend a lot of money? We make it clear that we're not politicians. We make it clear that our goal is to have a positive impact on the people of Kentucky. Uh, there are other candidates with millions of dollars in the bank. The worst part about campaigning is asking somebody for money. The people have been through enough. If we get there, it'll be by word of mouth, social media, and the trust of the people of Kentucky. Would you accept uh, money from uh, political action committees? For no. No. That's an absolute? That's an absolute. You believe that corrupts government? or I believe it has a, an easy uh, effect on an individual to change their position uh, once in office. Kentucky is a, a large state to campaign in, uh, yes. as you know, and you're, you're, you're beginning to, to learn that. How will you reach out uh, to this uh, the state that from you know Paducah to Pikeville and from Covington to Corbin and south to the border is, is, is quite a state? There are a lot of doors to knock, a lot of doors to knock. Uh, luckily, we've had some businesses reach out and say, hey, you know, we'd like you to come to the local diner uh, Sunday morning. We've got a lot of people here who'd like to hear from you. So it's, uh, it's a battle, uh, but we're going to give it a shot. Real quickly, your perspective on the uh, federal government shutdown. We have military members who are asking their local grocery store to give them a loan for food. Uh, I don't know how we can get any worse than this. Uh, we have an executive branch and a legislative branch, and it seems that none of them are working, but they're still collecting their pay. Well, thank you for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you it very, very much. much. William Woods, candidate for a Kentucky governor on the Republican side. I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. A reminder, we'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning. And that uh, WKYT Kentucky Newsmakers programs are available as a podcast as well. Uh, you can look for that on your Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for being with us. Have a good week ahead.